Good morning and happy Sabbath. Welcome to church. It does feel a lot more like the church that we are used to with more of you being seated here and I don't have to wear a mask or a face shield and then we can, we can say hi and happy Sabbath. Right before we, we go into what I have to share with you today, there's a few announcements I'd like to make. First of all, that is that we are in phase three and we've opened up the church, as most of you who are here will know, and we are expanding it to the maximum number we can hold in this space without being uh, closed down. And that is, we have, we're opening up to 45, 45 uh, seats plus the staff, right? So 45 is the maximum we can accommodate in this space. That's all we can, we can squeeze in, all right? So there are, there are alternatives that, that we have to look at. We have to look at because we do not know how long phase three will be. We do not know when they'll release the, 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 the restrictions. I suspect it's until about 80% of us are vaccinated before they'll allow us to not have to maintain this safe distancing. And so what we're looking at is we're looking at expanding to having it in multi-sites, having multiple locations where you can gather, but we're all tuning in to the worship together. What is then you ask me, what's the difference between watching at home and attending one of these other sites? Well, the thing is, there'll be a facilitator there that will have uh, something that's unique and local to that space they are gathering. And on top of that, there'll be the spaces we're looking at will accommodate more than just your family plus eight. It will be places where we can have maybe about 20 to 30 people eventually. And we are working on it, and we'll let you know where these locations are, where you can attend, and there'll be a, a facilitator or an elder there leading, but you'll be having something that's local to the site, but we'll all tune in to the service together when the time comes. So what I'm saying is you may even have more Sabbath school spaces around the place. All right, so we're looking at that. I'll keep you uh, updated. We'll keep you posted. But for now, we have 45. And uh, we still have a few seats available. Uh, actually, every week, the sign-up from since the beginning of the year has been full. But then there's things happens. People don't show up. We got one or two extra spaces. But the maximum we have is 45. It's 45. All right. So, so uh, moving forward to that, it's also the 10 days of prayer that we are also uh, uh, participating uh, since the 6th of January. I hope that you have been involved in that either through your own groups, they've invited friends to come and pray together or within your family unit or by yourself, you know. So you can mix it up, try different things. And as you know that I post a, a summary of the devotional on the Facebook page every day at about 6 o'clock. But today, I've made it available earlier since 12 o'clock. So some of you may choose to want to kind of gather and pray after church somewhere. Uh, the video is already up. The video is already up for today, but you'll be up and it has been up at 6 o'clock every day. You can watch it together as a group. You can don't watch it. You don't have to. And uh, you can go and just download the resources, the daily readings, and read it together and pray together. But as I said again and again, the 10 days of prayer is about prayer. It's not another Bible study group. It's not another sermon. But it's for you to come to seek the Lord together. And then finally, we're talking about our church business meeting. Church bus business is not as usual for last year and this year. So again, we are still not able to accommodate everybody at church for the business meeting. So it will be made available uh, via the Zoom link that I'll send out on our Facebook page, our WhatsApp broadcast, and email. 
All right? So if you are a baptized member of the church or you've joined the church through profession of faith or you've transferred your membership here, you are invited to join in to this church business meeting. And in this business meeting, we'll give you an update of what happened and what I've been doing uh, in 2020 and the plans that we have for this year, 2021. All right? So it's 8 o'clock, 30th of January, Saturday night. All right? Saturday night. And uh, you can join from anywhere you are located uh, via the Zoom link that we'll be providing to you. All right? So please participate. Uh, you will find out a little bit more about the plans we have for this year. So we're starting a new sermon series. All right? From last week, we talked about how we have to look at things that we want to keep and not throw away. Right? To, to move to a new place, you can't just throw away every single thing. You have to look at what you have, keep what is essential, important, uh, things that you can't compromise on. But then you need to start moving. You need to move the boxes. You need to pack it up and move to the new place. You're going to start unpacking. I know some of you are going through that uh, in a week's time. And uh, all the best for, for house moving. Um, I hate it. <laughs> right? But it's also exciting. When you get a new place, you're going to redo everything. Redo everything. So the title for today's sermon is called Dream Big. And it's based upon... Jeremiah 29, verse 11. I will uh, invite you to turn with me again to the verse, and I'd like to read it from the Bible. If you have, turn to it or scroll to it or, or Google it, uh, whatever way you access your Bible. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, one of the often quoted verse um, and often misquoted verse, misapplied, but let's look at it today. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. A lot of people will look at this verse and go, Yes, God wants to bless my life. My life is as determined by God as a follower of Jesus, should be smooth sailing and should be prosperous, filled with blessings. But did you realize that as you read this verse, you have to read who it was written to? Did you realize that this is found in the letter that Jeremiah was writing to the exiles? It was not to a, a group of Israelites where they were in the land of milk and honey, prospering, worshiping God, having the huge, beautiful Jerusalem uh, temple. It was not during that time. It was the time after where they have left God, where they have broken their part of the covenant with God, and when they have chosen to deny God's presence in their life. And because of that, they've been sent into exile in Babylon. And Jeremiah writes this letter to, to encourage them. But first, we must realize that they are in that circumstance where things were horrible. And as I read it, as I was studying it, God inspired me to, to look at that and, and, and it brought me to think about ASDAQ and or just Singapore or the world in our current context. Don't it seem like ASDAQ was an exile for a year? You're not allowed to come back to 79 Thompson Road. Never would we have imagined that in Singapore there'd be a time where we're not allowed to leave the house. I mean, my, 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 my grandparents may remember during World War II, where there's a time where you, you have to stay home, there's a curfew, you can't go out of the house. And, and my dad would remember there's a time, but th that, that's something that's so long ago, so far away, I don't think it would ever happen. And then it happened. 
I can imagine myself when I'm old, like 80, 90 years old, I, I tell Lucas, you don't remember this. But there was a time where we couldn't even leave the house. It's not that bad, but I just make it sound really horrible, right? And, uh, you know, you, every day you would climb up to the window and look out, and we say, no, we can't go to the playground. It's broken. And then what if we have imagined there'd be a time where we coming to church was such a stressful thing. They would have to wear masks, and then we have to keep social distancing, safe distancing. Doesn't it seem like we are in exile? And doesn't it seem like this letter is so appropriate to us today? That God writes in Jeremiah 29 says, Well, despite the circumstance, remember that I have a plan for you, and He knows the plan. This is God speaking, say, For I know the plan. That's the other struggle we have. We oftentimes want to know the plan too. But it's not what the verse says. The verse says, God knows the plan. We may not know the plan. But God says, move. Go ahead. And it's a very scary thing for me. I, I, I like to be in control, especially when I'm driving. So we had a, a time where my sister flew over to the United States after I graduated from Andrews University. And I, I was like, we got to do this road trip before I go back and be a pastor and have no life. <laughs> that was what I was thinking. It's not true. But I'm like, sis, we're going to do this. I'm not going to have fun ever again. And so she flew all the way over to the United States and we were going to do a two weeks drive around on the East Coast. And we're going to, so I planned it out. And I'm the guy, you know, uh, Although we have GPS, but I, I, was plan, I plan out every route, which hotel we're going to stay, which restaurant we're going to eat at, when we're going to have a pit stop. The pit stop cannot be in nowhere, especially when you're in Georgia. You've got to be careful in, in Ohio. If you stop at the wrong place, all you see are potatoes. That's meant for McDonald's, but before they are fried. It's just like, and you, it's amazing. You drive through the place. The farmers leave bags of potato free. You can just take it. Because they have so much potatoes, right? Even though McDonald's consume like so much, they have so much more. You can just take it. You just like, and I look at my sister like, hey, sis, do you know what this is? She's like, what is it? This is McDonald's potatoes. Should we take one? I'm like, why are we taking one for? So I planned it out. I planned every pit stop. I planned every hotel stay. I even planned like how much time the drive should take. You know, if you drive too slowly, speed it up. Let's get there. We're going to get there before nighttime so we can. Everything was planned out. And then we went on a trip. We drove a few thousand kilometers. And it was awesome. And then we ended up, it was so tight that we ended up in Chicago for the final meal. And then I drove her to the airport and she flew off. Like it was like maximize the time. That's me. But this is God. God is saying like, okay, James, okay, you're going to go road trip. Sure, fine. That's okay. Go. Where are we going? I'll let you know. Along the way. Huh? Just drive. How do I do that? Um, back out of the garage. Turn left. You need to let me know where we're going. No, no, no. Just keep going. Go to the traffic light. Okay. Get to the expressway E11. Uh, e okay. Head, head west. Okay. I hate that. Just tell me where I'll get, get us there. I need to know. I sometimes even reach the point where I, I argue with my GPS. 
Like, I know the shorter route is this. Turn left. No. Go straight. No, turn left at the next. No, go straight. And I'll be like, haha, you can't control me. I go straight. Stupid, right? But God in this verse is saying that in the church, we have to move and He will guide us like a GPS, but you won't know until you reach the juncture. But many of us are paralyzed. We do not want to move because we do not know where we're going. But God's plan again and again says, keep moving. In fact, God's plan is less like driving with a GPS, more like sailing. In sailing, you have a kind of rough idea, I'm going to get to like that island, right? And then you prepare yourself, you, you lay up the sail, and the wind blows. But sometimes the wind don't really want you to go where you want to go. You have to work with the wind. You have to work with the wave, the tide. You can't just decide because you're allowing it to take where you're supposed to go. You, you had, it may take a longer route because the wind direction changed. Or you can take a shorter route or could go faster or go slower. All of a sudden, the wind stops. You have to wait in the middle of the ocean. You can start swimming. Not very fun. God says, I know the plans I have for you. And God declares that His plan for His church, His people, is a hope for welfare and of hope. So as that, we need to hope. And we need to dream. And the dream that we are dreaming is not daydreaming, huh? We are asked as a church to start dreaming during the day, to dream of the future of ASDEC, to dream of somewhere that, that is beyond what we have experienced so far. So first of all, let's look at what we're measuring. What have we been measuring as a church? That's the dream so far. See, when people talk about church, even in the, in the pastor's meeting, in dealing with members, church board, being involved in youth ministry, all my life this is what I hear. Is the church attendance growing? Is the tithe growing? That's what people ask all the time. More people at church? Good. And so to, to get that output, wow, see? Yeah. Band, dance, censored. <laughs> to get that output, what we throw in is we throw in uh, good sermons. Uh, pastor going to preach good sermons. We're throwing good programs. The church must have engaging program that involves potential people, outreach program, community service, Sabbath school. And then in the way, and, and, and to tie it all up, right? You're going like to add, add something to make the mince, right? You're going to throw in the pastor. The machine churns and crunches everything up and outputs people and money. More people at church, more money. That's what we've been doing. That's what we've been focusing our attention upon, and that's what we've been working on, and that's where we're getting, right? Every single time, that's what we're aiming for. And what you aim for, that's what you, what you get to, right? It's not wrong for a business. Right? I don't think there's any business. I mean, I had a chat with... with with Kenneth James, and we, we had this chat about how sometimes growing the business is worse than not growing the business. You know, we had this chat where 
a lot of time, the business want to grow bigger, right? Have more people as part of the, the, the business, have more branches, more businesses, and make more income, right? It's, it's, it's normal. It's what people are supposed to do. But then James was telling me that sometimes that takes more work and then you have less income. It's just really weird. <laughs> but for the church, is that what we're aiming for? Are we a business? Well, the COVID has told us that that measurement is out the window because you can't meet in church. Right now, we have people wanting to come and we can't accommodate them. This place can hold, we've tried, Raymond and I have tried, 170 over people, 75, I think something was like, maximum, and the, the chest was right here. Then they're like, the pastor's like, whoa. That's the maximum we can speak. And now we are not allowed to do that. So why are we still aiming for that? Why are we aiming for people to come here and be counted? Why are we not only aiming for the amount of money returned? Because the money, all we're thinking about the money is to come back to bring more people here for me to count. So what are we measuring as a church? What's written in the Bible is this. The Great Commission says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. That's what the Bible says. But I think this is what we believe in. Make more worship attendees, baptizing them in the name of ministry programs and teaching them to volunteer a few hours a month. That's the actual commission we are living and that's not biblical because you cannot find that in the Scripture. What we aim for is where we will end up in. What are we aiming to become as a church? Are we going to be faithful to the Word of God and acknowledge that continuously God is saying He wants to make disciples, to teach them? and for them to go and make more disciples? Or are we worried and concerned about how many people are coming for worship? For just, honestly, most people for 30 minutes. Now it's even easier. <coughs> Click the app. And then if they volunteer a few hours, we're like, oh man, doing good, doing well. But the fact is they've disconnected from the church and from God and from relating to other people in the community for the next six and a half day of the week. Is that what the church really wants to become? So what is God's plan for us? His plan that, we always talk about that God has planned to prosper. We only look at the prosper and the welfare, but what is His plan? What is His plan for the church? Turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. In Paul's letter, as an echo of the Great Commission, in, in encouraging the church plant in Colossae, he writes this. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28 says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Everyone was repeated three times in one verse. 
And I've shared with you previously, if something, an idea, is repeated twice in a passage, it's important. Jesus had to say, truly, truly, I say unto you, he says, listen up. But when something's repeated three times, Jesus, Paul is saying like, guys, this is important. And he's, what Paul writes to Colossae says, for everyone to be proclaimed, to be warned, for everyone to mature. Have we as a church matured over the years we've been a part of this community? In a few months' time, I'm going to start marking the ninth year I'm with ESDAC. That's almost a decade. I told God, God, if I go to ministry, I'm going to commit to a church for 10 years at the minimum. I don't believe that. My dad, his time, every two years, they, they put him somewhere else, and they put him somewhere else, put him somewhere else. And I don't think that's real, like realistic. No church will benefit from that. And I says, God, I'm going to give 10 years, and nine years is coming. So have I matured? I was asking myself, and has the community matured? Have those of you who've been in the church for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, have you matured since the beginning? Or have you only grown more knowledgeable? Or have you grown just more streetwise in terms of church? But have you matured in Jesus? That is the question. Are you more of an example, a reflection of Christ today than yesterday? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where you focus on, where you put your entire energy upon is what you will become. And if the church continues to worship at the altar of attendance and tithe and offering, that's all we're going to be. A non-biblical community. Because God says He wants everyone to mature as a disciple of Jesus. For where your measure is, where your heart will be also. So we must look at what are we measuring? What is God calling ASDAC to become? I do not believe that we are already there. We do, I do not believe that we have already embraced the calling God has for ASDAC. I even question whether we are moving in the direction God is asking us to move towards. So for the next seven Sabbaths, I'm going to be sharing with you the seven dreams I have been daydreaming about for Aztec. And there are seven dreams that I have. And dreams, you know, people say dreams are, are hopeful, imaginary things that will never, ever happen. But I think the real dreams that we should dream are dreams that is a reality that has not yet come, but we want to make it happen. Martin Luther had a wonderful description of his dream. He dreamed of seeing little boys and little girls, a black boy and a white girl, playing together on the streets, running through the rain puddles. That's a dream that people are working towards in the United States. And till today, it's still inspiring people. God has a dream for his church. God has a dream for his followers. God has his dream 
for the community he set up. And I wish to share with you what I think that dream means for Esther. And there's seven different areas that we really need to sit down together and ponder upon and to think through again what does God want us to become. I do not believe that God wants us to just go back to 2019, to how things were. I do not believe for a moment that that is His plan because if that is His plan, He wouldn't have allowed the pandemic to happen because the pandemic is a warning call from God. It's a shot across the gate to say, that's not how you should function. Repent, as if he's warning short to the Israelites. Repent and come back to the ways that I've shown you, the way that you should go, the way where all that is in the community becomes a disciple of Jesus. And they continue to mature as a disciple and they help all those who are around them to mature as a disciple. How would that happen? God will make it happen. But I think there's some things we need to change. And as I invite the praise and worship team to come up, to sing the song that Jesus is coming back again. That should be a, such a clear call to arms for all of us to remind ourselves that our goal and our focus is not to just stay on earth, is not to remain here for the rest of our lives, but that we are going home. And the community that God has established is to bring as many as we can back to our heavenly home because Jesus is coming again.